Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. We are keeping score in the $1.3 trillion business of sports. All coronavirus all the time, but for the first time, we may see NBA teams returning to individual workouts and other, quote, opening up, which will cause some very significant rippling effect in the economy for the first time in a long time, maybe positively. So let's go through our deal making three to one. First, you got to respect this, by the way. Infectious disease expert Anthony Fauci, far more than 15 minutes of fame right now in the United States and all over the world. Brad Pitt portrayed him on Saturday Night Live. But before the send-up there, the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame Museum reached the $150,000 mark in donations to support the American Hospital Association's 100 million mask challenge by sending two very untraditional bobbleheads, uh, not yet released one of Deborah Burks, the U.S. White House Coronavirus Task Force Coordinator, and one honoring Dr. Fauci. The Sports Business Journal reported that since the museum began taking orders April 9, 28,000 Fauci bobbleheads sold. Uh, they cost 25 bucks, five each sale earmarked for the challenge. Museum co-founder and CEO Phil Sklar said, a thousand is the mark for a successful campaign. This blows everything else out of the water. And just wondering, what a Brad Pitt bobblehead rake in? Maybe we'll see before Christmas time. That's number three. Number two, a positive. Netflix added nearly 16 million global subscribers for the first quarter of 2020, more than doubling the quarterly growth predicted in January before the lockdown. Synopsis says in the U.S. and Canada, subscribers up 2.3 million, the biggest quarterly gain in Netflix 13 years as a streaming service. The company noted in its earnings release, like other home entertainment services, we're seeing temporary higher viewing and increased membership growth. We expect viewing to decline and membership growth to decelerate as home confinement ends, which we hope is soon, at least they say so. Netflix plans to offer a billion in senior notes for capital expenditures, investments, production, development, working capital, and other things. And while Netflix is correct in its assertion that the impressive growth correlates with home confinement, the platform seems to be discounting the strong factor of habit forming, which may remain as people slowly leave their couches. And that's number two. Number one may sneak up on us and it's only preliminary, but it may be something for things to come. Clubs in the English top flight soccer's Premier League discussed the most recent meeting top issue of live sports broadcasts of closed matches with fake crowd noise designed to boost the production quality. Toronto-based startup Champ Tracks is developing a platform to bring a supporter soundtrack for participating fans watching at home. Uh, David Hill, the former chairman of Fox Sports, told the Houston Chronicle that networks might consider using the audience track. I don't see why not, he said. As for the purists who would say, how dare they? Every sitcom you've ever seen over the last 25 years had a laugh track and the public is used to it. Cue the fake cheering 
or booze, just a sign that the industry is ready to very specifically measure the crowd noise versus no TV dynamic that's about to come up as sports are coming back. And speaking of comeback, a very interesting and global interview we have in store. Mark Miles has been the chairman, the president and CEO of Penske Entertainment since Roger Penske bought the Indianapolis Motor Speedway from the Holman family. But he's so much more than that, was the head of the ATP. He was largely responsible for bringing the Super Bowl to Indianapolis in 2020, in 2012, and on and on. And again, uh, Mark Miles is really a unique figure and an icon in the industry. But he speaks about so much. He talks about the charitable impact of Indianapolis e-learning fund and what the Motor Speedway is doing. He talked about a tremendous, quickly put together memorial for slain officer Brianne Leith that was so compelling in Indianapolis. And, and as important, and certainly what everybody is talking about, is the NASCAR Brickyard event in July. And July 4th coming back is the uh, August 23rd Indianapolis 500 honoring uh, slain, uh, in, uh, honoring frontliners as opposed to war heroes because it is August. What's happening with that? Crowds, no crowds. When does it come back? What about the industry since he's been involved in many issues all across the industry? Rather than me continuing to talk about it, let's hear directly from Mark Miles. Sports professor Rick Carl in the boardroom beyond the scoreboard. Uh, live sports? Well, we're talking about live sports at a time where the NFL draft is watched more than the moon landing was in 1969, and at the time where social distancing are the words of the day, uh, it's good to get some opinions from old friends in new circumstances. Mark Miles is the, in many ways, the dean of, of Indianapolis, obviously Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the the 500 was involved in the Super Bowl in India in 2012, ATP. whole bunch of stuff we got to get to today, but first, are you safe? How are you? Thanks, Rick. Yeah, no, we're, we're pretty much hunkered down. We go to the track as needed because there's still a lot of uh, construction and improvements going on there. Uh, but, no, I'm, I'm pretty much working out at home. This is our, our whole team. And, you know, I think we've learned to be incredibly efficient at it, so – forward, you know, full steam ahead. So, Zoom, uh, Grubhub, uh, the tape measure that measures six feet, uh, I don't know, man, you know, five months from now, we're going to look back, and we're going to see things that we were relying on and invented that a year and a half ago, we'd have been locked up if we even mentioned. Oh, yeah. Scott, you left out Sky, Microsoft team. I can't, I can't figure out what platform to get on for what call, but um, yeah, well, yeah, that, that's that's what that's what you have kids or, or or other people in a house for, pal. That's you know. So unfortunately, they're not here. Yeah, the yeah, me too. <laughs> you, you, you can't you can't just will it and have it happen. Yeah. But you know, listen, if that's the worst thing that happens here, but obviously it's a very somber time and a very serious time. But we'll all get through it. Let's first, Mark, talk about the uh, the broad transition post-sale to Penske. How are things going? Seamless? Uh, fun may be the wrong word under the circumstances, but uh, give me your perception. No, it just couldn't have been, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a better thing at, at, at the, in the current setting. Roger knows this place. 
He's, uh, he's got all the attributes to be the best owner imaginable. Um, he thinks long-term. He thinks about reputation. And he is so engaged, I couldn't exaggerate it. Um, he, he, uh, his work ethic is off the charts, and, and we know that he is there, and, and uh, we get the answers we need, and we get ideas and direction, and uh, doesn't skip a beat. So it, it, it really is terrific. As I said, you know, Roger wanted to, do, to make a number of initial improvements before May, after, you know, closing the transaction in early January with about five months to go less than that really he wanted to, to make uh, an investment and, and improve the condition of the facilities a great deal it's a big old place and it could have used it can, it can use the help and that work is on schedule I mean it it's, it's remarkable there's hardly a part of the uh, campus uh, that, that isn't touched and improved and and that work continues and he is all over it and he's unfailingly positive and forward-looking you know, it's we just don't have conversations about the the challenges in the sense of bemoaning them. We have conversations about the challenges to to solve them and and how to turn into opportunities. So it, it just couldn't have been a better situation for these these properties. I was going to save that till the end, but let's 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 pull this one now, and then we'll get to scheduling. Uh, every business leader I've talked to over the past few weeks, uh, their perspective is different because they have different leagues and different circumstances and different six feet and different stadiums. But the one thing they do is what you just talked about, which is you, you've got to only focus on things you can control. You, you, you can't, I guess you can't really lament uh, and you can't bemoan and, and you can't talk about how unlucky the situation is. You've got to be consistent or you'll go backwards. Uh, I guess that trait would have been something that you would have said, obviously, but it's good that you and Roger share the same vision in that context. Well, I just don't know any other way to be, and, and he certainly, he's, he's, he's the master. So, yeah, we, it's just you have to multitask, and you have to be able to uh, you know, keep a lot of plates on the sticks spinning at the same time, but you also have to always be thinking about, as Roger puts it, i got to think a couple laps ahead, and so he's absolutely right about that. Well, let's talk about the laps ahead of you on July 4th weekend and then August 23-24 weekend. It's a brave new world there for the NASCAR side and the IndyCar side. Talk about those two weekends, or those those two months, actually. Yeah, well, it's really exciting. So, you know, our longstanding uh, Brickyard history where we host NASCAR is important to us, and it's been, it's been part of our tradition now for many years. And this year it was scheduled for the July 4th weekend, um, and at about the time that we started thinking about the challenges to do the 500 throughout May, the various events over the three weekends of May, we thought, well, maybe we can, we're going to have to move the 500. We've rescheduled it to the third week of uh, August. Maybe we could make that simpler to do in August if we took the first of our three traditional May weekends where we run an IndyCar road course and talked with NASCAR about running IndyCar, Xfinity, and the Cup Series together on that July 4th weekend at IMS. And we already announced the decision with them that Xfinity was going to run on our road course 
uh, and we would convert the road course from one day to the next for the cup cars, which was kind of groundbreaking. And so then it seemed quite feasible to, to add the IndyCar Grand Prix normally in May to that weekend. And so the IndyCars and the Xfinity cars will run on the same road course, and then the weekend uh, will end on the Sunday uh, with, with NASCAR. And, and people are really excited about that. We are. We can talk more about it, but we're working on that, you know, kind of either scenario, without fans and with fans, and um, uh, we're optimistic about that. And then, as I have alluded to, we, we announced some time ago now, seems like a year ago, um, that we were going to push the qualifying weekend and the race weekend that, that, that we think of as the 500 in May into August the 23rd and 24th. So... That's the program. We're set and we are focused and we're getting ready to pull it all off. Set, focused, and there is a silver lining, if there's any silver lining here. The Memorial Day weekend, as you have said uh, three weeks ago, has always honored the men and women who sacrificed for nation's freedom in wars uh, around Memorial Day. This first responder, doctors, nurses, National Guard members, frontline honoring in August is uh, incredibly unique relative to the fight against COVID-19. And so it is a terrific honoring. You can ask who came up with it, but it doesn't really matter. The, the bottom line is this is a, a, an incredible way to, uh, to honor a, a whole bunch of people uh, as the eyes of the world are, are watching you. No, that's exactly right. It, it isn't Memorial Day this year. It, it's sort of a hard thing to say and get your head around, but August isn't, isn't May, and yet we are certainly going to have heroes to celebrate, and so it was pretty obvious that it was an important responsibility and opportunity to do that. On the other hand, we haven't talked about this much, but we do have four hours on NBC on Memorial Day, and the first plan was really to uh, show last year's race. We're working with NBC to do that, but to add a lot of interesting bells and whistles. And that will give us a, a fresh opportunity in some ways, um, not just to show a fantastic race from last year, but also to uh, include some kind of pre-race programming, which will continue to respect the tradition of, of honoring our veterans and our servicemen and women from, from the IMS on May 24th. So you'll just have to wait and see what that means. But um, it's very exciting, and as you said, that, that kind of allows us to pivot to thinking about the, the folks on the front line fighting our current war for our country. Uh, a Mark Miles tease. Well done. I remember last week we're taping this basically the week after Easter because we'll play this a lot, and there were 2.5 million people watching the rerun of Tiger and uh, 2019 in the Masters. I turned that off. Did he win that Masters, by the way? Do we know? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, live, te- and let's get into this just for a second. Live television, appointment viewing, that's what the rights fees theoretically are for. We now understand the power of television for sports fans. Studies have come out, and we've talked about it on this show, where there's a 15 to 20% increase in sports watching over the last month, where by definition, there's no live sports. And yet, people understand the power of sports as well. So, A, uh, the general notion of 
of what you've learned about sports on television during this time. And then second, how, how do you put that to work when you sit with our friends at NBC and you make the decision about fans, no fans, date of race, how you move forward? You know, the fan experience obviously adds to the dynamic of any sporting event, but it's certainly better to have a fanless sporting event uh, uh, for television than not have one at all. So, you know, that, that's a complicated set of issues. Talk about that for a second. Well, let me, let me just tease a little further first before we get to, you know, running a race with or without a, uh, our fans there. We think we can innovate um, for this Memorial Day window uh, on NBC. You know, we own a television production company. It does the below-the-line facilities work with NBC for our, all of our races, and we think by that point in May, we're going to have the public health and logistical opportunity to do some things that will lead into and complement the, uh, you know, the, the showing of last year's race that I think will, people will take notice of. And, again, it, it's important to us to, you know, keep that window, the tradition of that window uh, on NBC alive. So we're looking forward to that. To your to the point of your question, um, look, IndyCar, you know, our biggest audience, like every sport, comes from the people that uh, watch us on television or all the, you know, and digital media. And so that's, that's uppermost, and NBC's been a great partner in helping us through various rescheduling uh, iterations for the IndyCar series. So I think when we race, uh, whenever we race, we'll have really good coverage and I think actually, you know, there'll be some fewer races than we would normally have had. It's normally 17. Right now we've got 15 on the calendar. We'll see if that continues to be possible. But a greater percentage of them will be on NBC as opposed to NBCSN than normally. And so I think it'll be potent. Um, and we're looking forward to, to that. And I can't say enough about how good NBC has been under enormous pressure because they've got so many properties all of which got pushed back that have to get rescheduled into a smaller amount of weeks and hours. And that's uh, been great for us. Hey, not to mention a couple of significant weeks in Tokyo, which have been delayed for a year. So uh, yeah. there, there's a whole lot of things going on in a lot of different contexts, as we know. For a couple of minutes, talk about the e-learning fund and $2.5 and, and more that has been raised and what the motivation is and how successful it's going to be, and it is. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to sneak in a second part of the answer to your first question or your prior question, and then I'll promise to get to that. Is this your show or is this my show? Wait, wait a second. All right, you do it. Do you do what you want? Go ahead. I'm kidding. You called me. It's not my show. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> well, we've really had fun with and kept in touch with and, and kept active our audience through iRacing, and so yep. this Saturday on NBCSN is our fifth iRace. It, you know, it, it's obviously fun. It's meant to keep the, give, give the fans live content, and it is. The, the drivers are taking it very seriously. It, it's, it's, it brings out their competitive juices for sure. And the, the audiences aren't the same as live real racing, but we don't think of it as not real racing. It's a real event, and the drivers take it that way, and it's been uh, something we can talk about more if you want, but, it, it, but it's been, you know, uh, we've continued – our presence on NBCSN through this, and it's been great. Well, I'll sneak a comment before you get to e-learning. 
couple of years ago, you and I were talking about what are some of the improvements off the record on the golf course, I think, but we were talking about what are some of the things that you really, really, really want to do and you haven't had the chance. And you, to your credit, flagged iRacing as one of the things that would be really cool because everybody, including race fans, know how, knows how to drive. And now you got the chance, and you've really taken advantage of it very well. I have to say the iRacing folks and NBC and our marketing staff have done a great job. It's it, it's treated like a, like a, a race, and the, as I said, the drivers take it that way. It's incredibly realistic, and and it's really uh, fun to watch and, and to watch the or listen to some of the trash talking going on uh, <laughs> among the drivers. Is it virtual trash talking? Is it real trash? I assume, I assume it's real. Tra- they don't they don't waste an opportunity to avoid real trash talking. I'm pretty sure. No, it's real. In fact, on at least one occasion, we had to shut it down. <laughs> oh boy! God bless you. That 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 and your November, excuse me, your Métis will bring in more viewers than you could possibly imagine. All right, e-learning. Talk about that for a minute. Well, look, uh, we all live in the same world, and it's challenging right now. And you know, we, we uh, are a big part of the community in the city and state, Indianapolis and Indiana, and. When we looked around and uh, got some of the very early, maybe intuitively obvious data that um, when schools get shut down, the burden, the pain, and the price uh, exacted on on economically disadvantaged families and kids is disproportionate for sure. And so some community leaders uh, decided to try to do something about that. The original goal was to raise like a million two to, uh, I mean, 30% of, of the kids in, in our traditional Indianapolis public school district don't even have a device, let alone Internet. And so uh, how are they going to learn remotely? So this idea was raised a million two, work on connectivity and devices and, and access for these families and these young students. We raised $3.6 million, I think, to start, and uh, it was an honor. Um, for the Annapolis Motor Speedway with Roger Penske's uh, huge support um, to be able to be a, a part of that. And, you know, it's just those kids can't make up that time uh, from an and, educational point of view. So it's really important. And just so you know, I know the EverFi folks have taken this as a template and are looking to see what they can do to kind of help do some of this stuff around the country. Um, you know those folks, but uh, yours is a national inspiration, I would say that. Uh, finally, it was important to do it fast, right? I mean, if it yeah, took us three course. months to get it together, then we've missed this time. So thank you, though, for that comment. Well, and the, the other comment, that we'll end with this, because speed was important, but the, the taste of this was incredible. The first time a, a major motor speedway held an event uh, like the honor to Brianne Leith, a 24-year-old local police officer who lost her life in what, uh, for all accounts, uh, sounded like a... a uh, domestic dispute that turned into just an ambush and and so rather than me try to tell the story why don't you describe you know how you ended up hearing about this and how you did what you did talk about speed and taste uh unbelievable yeah well thanks um so this beautiful inspiring young officer was killed in in the the line of action uh it was a domestic call on a Thursday, and we got called, I think it was either the next day or Saturday following the Thursday. You know, normally our community rallies at our Banker's Life Fieldhouse, and 
it's incredibly important to the law enforcement community and to the public that, that a fallen officer is, is respected and honored in a way that has been uh, our tradition. But we couldn't do that under the because of COVID uh, inside. And so they approached us with the idea. We said yes in about a half a second, and it turned out to be uh, incredibly appropriate and moving and uh, poignant and, and uh, really important for our community and, and for us, a, a source of great pride. We were just thrilled to be able to uh, honor her in that way. If, if, um, if this were video, we'd have the uh, news feeds of, of the uh, track ringed with police cars from all over the world, basically, uh, behind what you just said, and it makes it even more uh, as you would say, poignant. Uh, you do it right. The community does it right. And I would say the risk of being gratuitous, but I'm very serious about this. Uh, I'm lucky to have you as a friend. Indianapolis is lucky to have you too, Mark Miles. Rick Carl, speak with you soon. Well, Mark Miles has some incredible perspective on and off the track. Clearly, we'll hear from him on a regular basis going forward. Well, let's talk about tech, the Sports Tech Minute. Esports, esports, and more esports. Facebook Gaming launches to rival Twitch and YouTube Gaming during the current esports boom. A dedicated live streaming gaming platform earlier than it was scheduled to be released in June. Facebook Gaming seeks to spin out and grow the company's gaming presence. New York Times reporting that 700 million of the network's 2.5 billion users actively play games every month on the social media giant's main platform. Tech and sports companies pouring money into esports as each tries to get a leg up on the larger user base during a time when more people than ever are turning to online gaming and in fact BMW pouring more money into esports. Three years on from its debut as an esports tournament sponsor, BMW is now the lead sponsor for five of the most popular gaming organizations. Fnatic in the UK, Cloud9 in the US, Fun Plus in Phoenix, Phoenix in China, uh, T1 in South Korea, E2 Esports in Germany. And of course, BMW trying to be more than associated with esports teams. It's trying to become a respected esports content creator. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, all of them esports and BMW involved in. And if it's Netflix that has created some significant advantage over the coronavirus lockdown, eSports certainly has as well. And that's our Tech Sports Minute. Welcome into the eSports Minute of Keeping Score with Rick Hora. I'm Mitch Reams from the eSports Network. Fortnite continues to push the boundaries of what is possible in a video game. Last weekend, the popular Battle Royale title held a virtual Travis Scott concert. The rapper went on tour throughout the game with a custom psychedelic experience. According to Epic Games, the developer of Fortnite, 27.7 million unique players participated in the show over the weekend. That smashes the record for the most players in a live event in a video game. This is not Epic's first experience with the concert either. Fortnite also held an event for EDM musician Marshmallow last winter, which had just over 10 million viewers. Epic's goal with Fortnite is to be more than an esport. But with a prize pool of $30 million for the World Championships last summer and a new competition with a $2 million prize pool, Fortnite is definitely still focused on its esports scene. But events like this set Fortnite apart and showcase the game's place in mainstream culture. In addition to musicians, Fortnite has also created in-game partnerships with the NFL, Jordan, Marvel, and more. 
That's it for this Esports Minute. Now back to Rick Hora. Finally, the Power of Sports Minute. We really can't choose among a number of issues, and we haven't been able to for a few weeks. The silver lining of this incredibly disastrous pandemic is the philanthropic output and outgrowth all across the globe. $100 million or more raised by the NFL over its weekend's tremendous unparalleled draft activity. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson officially joined by Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. The version of golf's superstar battle, The Match, this time for COVID relief, time and place exactly to be determined. Last year's event was a $9 million showdown. This will be bigger. Turner Sports drives it. We'll see the details. Novak Djokovic has 4K for 4M relief for struggling tennis players. He's looking for the top 100 male tennis players to donate money to the others to get them through the pandemic. Wayne Gretzky takes on NHL superstar Alex Ovechkin in NHL 20 for COVID relief. The charity showdown is raising uh, money for Edmonton Food Bank and Monument Sports and Entertainment Feeding the Front Lines Fund. The National Women's Soccer League and uh, women's other events, according to Pro Soccer USA, branding protective masks to benefit charity and promote women's sports. And the Redskins charity arm donates 100 grand to the Capital Area Food Bank for coronavirus relief, and on and on and on. We really can't just focus on one item for the Power of Sports Minute. Moment will continue to focus on as many of these as we possibly can. Again, the silver lining in an amazingly difficult dark cloud. Well, that's our show for this week. We'd like to thank Mark Miles for giving us perspective. We'd like to thank you guys for listening and joining us every week, including next week when we can when we continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Swadek. Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital. I'm Ricardo. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.